This is Fan Electric Ghost. And this is the Anwe Anime Suite. More alternative versions of the song. We're gonna play in the background. So what we like to do is uh, take a song and keep on working it. And one of the things we do with our alternative style of recording is that we um, we don't use a doll. We use um, an old style digital recorder. In this case, we're using the Zoom R24. And so we can go back into a song and just, uh, you know, come and punch in or create up to 24 tracks of a song and, and just record it kind of like what you would do on an old Fostex or Tascam. You can go back in and you can, you know, keep a vocal, keep it as a shadow vocal, <clears throat> as a kind of example of what you did, and then keep the feel of it with another set of tracks, up to 24 tracks, and you can bounce those and do another 24. <clears throat> it's all kind of not grid-based, though you can go on the little digital screen and you can work out where you are and you know, actually go to an exact point, but it's not as easy. And so you tend to go with a style of not going in and finding the exact point on the clip, but actually go back and redoing the actual track, which is causes you to actually learn the song or come up with new versions of the song, which is kind of old school and it's kind of what my intention is. So the version you hear here is the first one, Anime and Ennui, is, um, is a version that we added a piano into it. Now, the original version of this song, Ennui and Ennui, um, it basically just has a, uh, a beat that we created on a DFAM and we controlled it with a, um, a mass utility module to get into the, the structure of it. And then we added a grandmother bass line <clears throat> and we took all the modulation CV wires off, off of the grandmother. Sometimes we just restart a whole session and it focused on the bass. And then we, we, we really played with the bass a lot and played with the, with the modulation on the bass through all the surface controls of the grandmother without doing any CV to make it alternate uh, passages of it with different, uh, with either the modulation will turn up all the way to give her like a vibrato uh, in some sections. And you can kind of hear that. And so this whole song, the lyrics never changed. There's three versions of it. <clears throat> we kept the lyric track, but then we have different variations. We have this piano variation, which is Ennui and Ennui, Anime and Ennui. And then we have the version called Ennui and Anime Thrash that has a kind of slightly discordant guitar. Now that one, the guitar is pushed up and it's a little off center and it's not exactly perfect. Uh, but we kept it here as an example because what we did is if you hear the one where we have now, we, we dropped the guitar really lower in the mix, which allowed us to have some of the imperfections in the guitar track to actually not be as apparent. And it works better in the piano version of the song. The guitar version of the song, you can tell that it's a little off and you might say, well, you know, that's not the best thing. But here's an example of how you can use a song that you wrote and not throw it away and use part of it to actually uh, build up. And because we, all this was on the R24. Well, what's, what's cool about it is that, well, I can play guitar one now, is, is that you can um, go back in 
and and leave part of that you know part of that that that, that song you can lower in the mix or you know mute it and create a whole nother set of tracks you, you just have a lot of ability to change what you're doing and and that's what's the interesting thing about you know recording in the method this old school method <clears throat> and like i said with the we emily thrashed uh the rhythm might be a little off but it, it serves really good as a, as a lower kind of shadow track this they can kind of hear that distorted guitar in the piano version which works a lot better but then the original version is just pretty much synth and bass i mean synth on bass and drum it's the grandmother and the d fam and uh we like that version that's the version we've actually pitched it to some other people um so that's on we and enemy yeah, we mastered these with different SoundCloud mastering capabilities. You'll see we use the Clear Sky, which is more for for um, for pop music, and then on the Thrashed, we use the Thunder, which is more for heavy bass. You want to bring the bass and the drum out, and then we for on we on Anime, um, the original version we also use the Thunder, but we may use a different percentage. You'll see one was ninety eight percent, the other is one hundred percent. Then we have the song um, that dropped out of this whole um, structure as we, we came up with this song called Super Addicted, which we'll play now. Now, Super Addicted is, is still a DFAM, but we're playing with the filters on the DFAM, playing with the, the famous low pass ladder filter on the, on the DFAM. And what we did with it is we, we, we brought it up into a high range of the, of the, of the cutoff. Uh, and then we bring it down to a lower, lower range of the cutoff to get different feels. And then you hear the heavily distorted synthesis of the grandmother using some FM synthesis. Uh, at some point we're very, very distorted. It just cuts through. And this has got a real trap beat that we found out of the DFAM. We were always discovering what the DFAM can do. And we only have one DFAM. We got people that have three of them. But we find that we, by manipulating it in real time, we can get a lot of interesting things out of it. And uh, we're learning how to use the resonance and the FM capabilities, the two oscillators at different levels, um, running um, LFOs in, through the math module, or running it into um, the, the, the Mother 32 or having the morphaging control it in different ways to glitch it out. So we like to do that to give it a little off the beat because the DFAM will just give you a continual steady beat and sometimes we like to glitch it out and actually drift, drift it out and get it to change. You can hear that distorted grandmother right there, how heavy it can get. And we've always played a guitar synth on our Roland Juno using the supernatural sounds, but the grandmother and the mother 32 can do very interesting guitar kind of focus leads that are pretty cool. You could say the video game explosions. And so we like the super addicted song is a, is a real um, showcase of, of the grandmother, but also a showcase of what you can do with um you know analog synthesis on a mono synth because people say well you all these mono synths what you need them for um 
they all have different character. Each of our modes has a different character. The Mother 32, uh, for one oscillator synth, people would say, well, you're only going to spend $600 on one oscillator synth, you can buy a Behringer. The Mother 32 is so versatile, and they can do so many things. And you can fake it out to make it seem like <clears throat> it has three oscillators. It has a 32-step sequencer. It's got MIDI control. It's one of the first analog synths we ever bought. And uh, we still use it heavily to this day because of its capabilities. And when you combine it with a grandmother or you combine it with a DFAM, it's like there's nothing else that you can get. It's as, as satisfying and easy to control and get you in an analog synthesis in a, in a really cool way. And the DFAM, like I said, is just a, is just an awesome rhythm machine. We, we spent a lot of time on it. But we're going to drift to another song that we just created called Fuck Troll Meme. You hear the VT3 vocal transformer with Josephine running through a big crush on an MX1 performance mixer. But what's interesting is the beat and the little like uh, little organ sound you hear on an electric piano. That's all <clears throat> Teenage Engineering OPZ. So the whole musical rhythm of this song is an OPZ that's sampled into a morphogene and then put onto a loop with a little bit of a of a, a break or a rest in some points to break up the song. And uh, what's cool about it is we kind of use the distorted vocal of the of the big crush on the MX1 distorting a VT3 of uh, my um my studio electronics X1 mic, and then we're using a Zoom R24 vocal profile. I believe we're using the C414 uh, microphone profile on the X1. Sometimes we use a U57 um, profile. We've got multiple profiles on our Zoom R24 that we can run through. But using the combination of um, the MX1, uh, with the profiles on the Zoom, and then the VT3 or VT4 vocal transformers give us a real good feel. Now, the, the interesting thing is the Morphogene uh, you, uh, sampled o, OPZ as our new, new kind of uh, variation to rhythm. We have three ways of creating rhythm tracks um, well, it's actually four ways we create rhythm tracks for Fan Blocker Ghost. The original way was taking a Juno GI uh, with its multi-track recorder and actually playing drums live on the keyboard. There's multiple drum sets. We haven't done that in maybe four years. <clears throat> There's multiple drum sets on that. We recorded on on the actual uh, recorder within the machine within the, um, the the synth, or you can actually create rhythm tracks within um, the, the capability of the Juno, which allows you to actually build rhythm tracks in a very formal way uh, on kind of a grid, and then save those and then play over them on the multi-track recorder. Because the multi-track recorder within the Juno GI is kind of unique and allows you to do a lot of interesting things, because you have 256 voices of polyphony. And this is from a machine that was, um, you know, Back in 2008, 2009, had this capability. 
And, you know, the current fandom has the same thing. So they haven't really increased it except for the RD piano, which is unlimited polyphony. So the other method is using a JDXI and extending the drum patterns with um, a BeatStep Pro. And a BeatStep Pro, you can chain pattern projects. And also on a BeatStep Pro, you can mix projects because there's, there's very in, instantaneous load time. So if you have multiple projects, you can bounce between them. We've done this multiple times on Fanblock to go songs. Uh, in addition, within a project, you can change the sequence of any of the sequencers. And you have three sequencers. You have a drum sequencer. You have two external sequencers, one and two. We have sequencer one going to a system 1M. And we have sequencer... Uh, the the drum uh, track and the, the other sequencer are both going to a JDXI, which can do multiple parts. So we have it doing one of the digital parts and one of the drum parts. Third price that goes to System 1M, which is an analog behavioral set. So that's the second method. Uh, then the next method is actually using the DFAM. And the DFAM is just, you know, Moog's drummer from another mother. It's a, it's a cool way to uh, do interesting uh, drum songs. Uh, and uh, we're gonna get back into like the Ennui and Anime Thrash so we can get to play that all the way before. Um, but the next method is using the OPZ, which we like to use to, um, to, to just kick off fairly interesting um, drum tracks because the OPZ, has the ability to do what they call subcomponents on all 16 steps. And you can do multiple subcomponents. You can do like 16 subcomponents on each of the 16 steps you put for a drum. And then when you build a project, <clears throat> you can do what is called, um, you know, your basic chain pattern. So you can pattern, the, the, like take pattern one and then do pattern four, two times, then go back to one, then go to two. And so you can do the same thing you do on a BeatStep Pro. It's the same kind of chain patterning um, workflow. But the addition is that you can do the subcomponents on every step. And some of the subcomponents cause repeats. Some of them are LFOs. Some of them are portamentos. Some all different types of capabilities. We could go through the manual and, and, and talk about those at some point. One time we did. And so that gives you a very unique drum machine. What we also like to do with it is record it live into the Zoom and actually change p patterns as as we're actually recording it. And then there's a manual override for the step components that you can actually manually kind of DJ um, uh, as you record. I mean, it's people who have used OPZ Live like to go into that manual mode. And then also they like to use the mute step mode um, or mute, mute channel mode. So you can mute and unmute channels and that's a preferred method of recording. You bring in the kick and then bring in the hi-hat and then drop it out, bring it back in. So that's one thing you can do with it. And we like to do that a lot. Um, then we actually will record that directly into the Zoom or we'll put it into the Morphogene and then use the Morphogene capabilities of uh, clipping up the sample or splicing it up and changing the drum beat. <clears throat> then the other method of doing drums is to actually use um, the uh, the... Arturia, um, um, <laughs> the Arturia, uh, Group 2S, and it's, um, it's, um, 
looping envelope generator <clears throat> to create rhythms. And because it's got a standard Parker filter, which is um state variable filter, you got a notch filter on it, which you can do really interesting stuff. You got FM synthesis. So you can create like FM drums and the noise generator is really interesting. And with along with so the noise generator and the kind of mix oscillator, you've got oscillators that you can mix the levels of all all the, the all the oscillators all the waveforms can come in on oscillator one and you can mix multiple waves all at once because it's got sliders so it's a little different than a mode uh as i guess the mode one can do it but you know other modes like mother two and, and the grandmother and the dfam don't work that way i think the mode one has that kind of mixing of waveforms but these other modes that we have don't have that so our trivia gives us that capability to do that. And we like to do a lot of rhythmic stuff with that. So a lot of times we'll do polyrhythmic things going on where we'll multiple drum beats come from all these different methods of doing drums to create very interesting drum patterns in real time. And this is uh, basically the heart of this Ennui and Anime Suite. We got multiple variations of the song done in different ways. But all using the same rhythm track, as we said. I mean, not the same rhythm track, but using the same vocal track. And then varying um, the method of uh, what you focus on, either the guitar or, or the piano, or, or, or glitching it out here and there with different effects. So I hope you like this episode. Um, we'll just kind of fade out on um, a couple of thoughts about... Um, equipment that we're, we're, we're really into. We think the UDO Super 6 is one of the coolest, interesting synthesizers with a different concept because it's binaural, which means it's got a full binaural oscillator capability, it's stereo all the way from the oscillator to the effects, which is different in a lot of sense. Um, even though the Matriarch has digital capability, I mean, stereo capability, it's not stereo at the oscillator. It gets stereo from the filter on down. Um, so that that's a really cool synth and it's got a kind of form fun function of like a phantom or a juno 106 or 60 or a jupiter 6 kind of format probably more like a jupiter 6. um the other sense that we're very interested in is, is the subharmonicon which we wanted for a while because of its interesting polyrhythmic and subharmonic capabilities and then the make noise uh strega uh, and that's the suite that we're very interested in getting a zero control, a Strega, and a zero coast to get some really interesting stuff. We love the make noise products we have, the Morphogene and the Math module. So we know that if we got a zero control and we got a Strega and we got uh, um, a zero coast, that would be a very interesting sound capability, especially for what we like to do. Um, for $1,800, it'd be a, like a really awesome playground. Pittsburgh Madra has a, like an imagination station like that. We get their, their, their lab system, but we think the Make Noise probably has a better implementation of that thing. They have some very interesting things that, that they've done. We only have one Pittsburgh Modular product. It's their two by four mixer, PCA mixer for Eurorack. Um, the other thing, we, we, we've always wanted to move up to the Keystep Pro, which we are eventually gonna do, because it's gonna give us more control over our mixes and we probably put it up on our our, our system and move our keystep pro to be a more of a controller for our euro rack right now we don't have it controlling the euro rack so we probably change its position and make it control the euro rack more um to have more control over our cd which we've never 
explore doing that and we we're thinking of doing that um we have the key step pro most likely um control a dfam not a dfam but a some harmonicon and then we probably want to go with um a new solution for our Eurorack go with the Doffer solution, which gives us three tiers of um, Eurorack capability and then be able to add um, the subharmonicon in there with a bunch of other new modules or, or you know, decide to put all of our Moog products into it. Uh, so that's one thing. And then the overall solution for workstation, we believe the Phantom 7 is our choice to, re to replace the Juno. Because now you have the expansion pack on the Phantom, and now it's fully realized. They've got a workstation with all this capability. It can get in the rolling cloud. It's got the Zen core. It can do a Jupiter 8. It can do a 106. It can do uh, full full sampling capability, uh, multi-sampling. Uh, maybe it's not as good as some of the other samples out sampling machines out there. Um, but it's the full picture of the Phantom is that you got a great piano, and we like to use piano a lot in our music. Uh, you've got a great composition tool with all the classic Roland drum machines. Uh, you got all those classic Roland synthesis. You got an analog filter. You got a stereo path for the effects and the filter. Um, you also have awesome um, you, uh, connectivity I.O where you can connect a bunch of modular gear and run it, uh, like in terms of uh, a really good touch screen, uh, good scene control, uh, enough controls on it, maybe not Jupiter X level controls, but enough physical controls on the synth that you don't have to menu dive. And if you do menu dive, you have a touch screen that's easier to do it on uh, than the little screens on the other Roland products. The one thing we would tell Roland is, you have such a good touchscreen on the Phantom, don't you think you should take that Phantom touchscreen and put it on an MC707 or a VersaLab 2.0? We think the idea of the VersaLab is really cool, but we think the 707 is really cool, and we think the Phantom's cool. We think the ultimate groove box would be a merging of a Phantom screen, touchscreen, with the capabilities of an MC707, and you know, being able to do full touch control on the pads uh, with sensitivity. Um, and then the ability to, you know, have that touch screen, have the control structure of a 707, maybe be a little bit better pad control. Um, and then, uh, you know, be able to actually mix down to a WAV file on the machine right to SD card would be, you know, like having a Zoom R24 or L20. Uh, and make sure you could do up to 96 megahertz quality on it. And then that would be a really cool machine. Um, and so we haven't seen them fully do that. They've got probably rolling lately is they've been taking pieces of things and spreading it across multiple devices. You got, you know, you got the TRAS, which is awesome. But then you got the 707, which is pretty cool. But then it's like, oh, it doesn't have everything that the TRAS have. And 7.7 does, has things that they, it, the TRE doesn't have. And then the Versa has things that they don't have. So you have spread out among multiple products reasons to get those products, which I think is maybe their purpose is that rolling, kind of like Moog. You could look at a grandmother and say, well, I was going to Matriarch, but then you're going to miss 
some aspects of the grandmother that matriarch doesn't have, like the spring reverb and some other implementations of the workflow a little bit different on the grandmother. So the grandmother actually does sound different than the matriarch. And so there's a reason to get it. Just like a sub 37 doesn't sound like a, a grandmother and the grandmother don't sound like a matriarch and mogul one doesn't sound like any of those. So they all sound different and the mothers all sound different. So there's a reason to get each instrument. So Mo, um, Roland does the same thing with their stuff. And so, you know, the JDXI and the JDXA don't sound like the Phantoms. Um, and, you know, and, and the Jupiter has features that the Phantom doesn't have in terms of the workflow on it has all the controls. Surface controls are all there, like a System 8. And then the System 8 has a different sound because using a different sound engine than the actual Zencore. So some people like the System 8 sound engine versus the Zencore engine. And so there's a reason to get it. And then the Gaia engine sounds different and the JDXI engine sounds different. So it's all it's all reasons to get each one because they all have different capabilities. So when you go out there to get a workstation though, we think that the fan is probably the best one out there. Uh, it, it just has a really good uh, feel. We've played it actually at a guitar center and we're just, we're in love with it. So that's our next big synth. Uh, we know people out there looking at different things, but now even profit has done things to the profit X now has the ability to do a vintage knob and the profit six has some capabilities like in terms of its effect system is better there is no effect system on the profit 10 um the keyboard range isn't as big as the profit 510 and the sound the profit 10 is still worth getting the question would be though the profit 10 to me is missing effects it's missing a sequencer and it costs more money um so but it has the range on the board and that's a big thing that people are into um and so we like the range on it we think that's pretty cool and the simplified nature of the workflow is pretty cool. But the Prophet 6 has some things on it in terms of its sequencer and its modulation capabilities and its effects. And now it's got the vintage knob. So there's a lot of reasons why you'd want a Prophet 6 just because it can do what you need to do. It's smaller and easier to move around. So it's kind of like, okay, uh, would you get the 6 or would you wait for the 10 or we wait for them to move the 6 up and make a bigger range on the 6? or make them, you know, maybe don't make a seven, maybe come up with something new. So. Aren't we, are you sexually free? You wanna go fuck with Miss Marie? You know she suffers from the enemy. And that's a social disease.
Queen, 
crew. So we were addicted. It's like we were addicted. Oh, he put it all inside of you. So we were addicted. Oh, I tricked him. He put it inside what's outside of you. And now your party dresses in ruin. Come on, come on, come on, 
Last rules! 